Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. Every episode we explore this topic with men and women who have some incredible stories, and many have made sharing the reality of life after death their life's purpose. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international bestseller, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And I'm thrilled today to introduce you to Mr. Peter Anthony. And although Peter and I are just brand new friends, um, I'm he's a spectacular human being. Sometimes you just know when you talk to somebody that you'll be connected for life. I hope Peter feels the same way. He's been referred to as the Palm Springs Psychic. He's got an extraordinary gift uh, and he helps people worldwide with his coaching. He's done things like serving as a psychic detective for the police force. He's helped locate lost children. He's done numerous things with radio, with television. Um, and I know he's up to something big in the TV world, and I'll let him explain all this. But, Peter, welcome to our show. Oh, thank you so much. And to all those who are listening, I, I cannot thank you enough for tuning in to Sandra's show. I mean, it means the world to me. And I think she just said it, you know, even though we are new friends from the moment we uh, spoke to each other uh, briefly this morning, there was an instant connection. And so I hope all of you that are listening to this see that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Sure. And there really is strength in numbers. Um, I often talk about, um, like, years ago, everybody believed that the earth was flat. And it took many people believing the same thing to actually change that conversation, even though the world has been round. And I think um, more and more as time goes on, Years ago when we were kids, very rarely did we hear about a psychic or a medium. Or if we did, you know, my dad would kind of frown upon it and things like that. Well, now here we're living in 2014 and it's just a regular conversation. So the more we talk about it, the more we connect people to people. Um, I think the more we'll feel confident sharing our own stories and and so life after death will be as regular as the earth being round. Well, I always say where two are, are gathered, uh, especially in sacred conversation or sacred places, changes occur. And uh, so, again, to the listening audience, you know, if you know, if you are that one person, you know, living in somewhere in middle USA and this is your first time listening to this type of show, understand that I'm connecting to you and that you're connecting to me and you're connecting to Sandra as well. Thanks so for that. Um, let's just go in go and in. talk about it. How <laughs> about you talk about what you love talking about the most and that's you? I'm well, that funny, <laughs> me, we all me, do. me, me, me. I don't mean ego-based, but there no, are things, we all have things that give us passion and I, I don't think you were, well, you were born extraordinary. We all were. But if you could just tell us a little bit about how you got into this. I, I, I'm guessing you live in Palm Springs as you're the Palm Springs I do Springs now, psychic. yes. Um, yeah. But how um, did you get into this world? I, well, it was just, well, it all begins with the near-death experience. And, and the backstory of that is that I was working with CBS. I was a young boy starting out. I did an internship, and then CBS approached me, and I worked my way all the way to the top of the Dan Rathers and the Diane Sawyer when she was there, and wow. um, which led me to working with three uh, first ladies, and my career was just on the go. Wow. And um, in the middle of all my uh, amazing beginnings with CBS, I had a near-death experience. 
and um, that changed everything in my entire life. It took me a year to recover. Um, I had a perforated viscous, which means like an, uh, an internal bleeding. Uh-huh. Um, I went to the doctor. I was misdiagnosed. Um, and I let it go because when you're in the television film industry, I mean, long hours are long hours and you work and you don't call in sick, especially if you're new like right. I was. Fast forward, <clears throat> um, it took me about a year to recover. And I lost my eyesight. I was in a wheelchair. Um, I went from 165 pounds of, of, of I was competing in, um, you know, amateur body show, mm-hmm. bodybuilding shows. And I went from that to 89 pounds with the staph infection on my face. So oh my. the medical problems were great. But the near-death experience for me was the catalyst that changed my life. And let me tell you why. Going in uh, before the near-death experience, I was agnostic. I believed in nothing other than work, money, sex, rock and roll, and drugs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that I was know. me. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Let's go party. Let's go, right. let's go have a good time. And when I crossed over um, on November the 11th, 1987, at 11, 11 p.m., everything changed. And I remember um, being on that operating table, and um, before I crossed over, I actually saw myself, as so many do people who have had near-death experiences, hovering over their body. Mm-hmm. And I could hear everything. I could hear thoughts. Uh, I could see uh, this, what I call, we've, we've, many people have spoken about the, the, the tunnel, and mine was a blue-white tunnel. I call mine the bullseye. And uh, before I was sucked down into that vacuum of a, of a tunnel, um, I began to experience, um, you know, as I said, the entire hospital where I was. Um, what I, what each patient was suffering from, um, what families were experiencing in terms of grief, and as I crossed over to the other side, I was sucked into this bullseye tunnel. Every thought that we have, I don't care what time of day, becomes a part of our collective day in and day out, and it is released at nighttime during the REM cycle. And where it goes, which is going to be fascinating to your audience, is there's this thing called the ozone that protects the planet, and our thoughts go to this ozone and beyond. Every thought, every activity, everything that we do in our day in and day out lives has effect on this planet. What happens here in Palm Springs happens in China. What happens in China happens in, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Arkansas. And so we're all connected to one thought, to one theme, to one what I call universal love. Um, and that is what I now consider God. And um, I never believed much in God, and I certainly didn't being born and raised Catholic, I, I, I could say that I was, <laughs> my education was shoved down my throat. <laughs> Ditto. So the, yeah, so <laughs> by the time say. I, you know, I decided to, to become an adult, this is the furthest thing from my truth. Right. That all changed. And, um, you know, so for me, uh, the paramount theme of what so many people who have near-death experiences um, witness is the thing called love. Mm. Absolutely incredible. How that changed me was that I, when I came back and was in recovery, I knew that the medications that doctors were giving me were toxic for my system. I didn't know at the time that once you've had a near-death experience, that your spiritual DNA changes. Hmm. And that um, alcohol, uh, any form of drugs, um, and food, food combinations, you know, especially today's foods, have great repercussion on the body because what's happened, you've come back a completely different person. I went as an artist. I had a scholarship, an art scholarship, and I, you know, a year after my recovery, I lost the ability to paint, to sculpt, and I came back as a writer. I went in, an intro- I went in as an introvert. I came out as an extrovert. Mm-hmm. So everything changed, and what changed most 
was my spiritual connection to God and why we're here on this planet. And every person that is listening to this day, we all have purpose. And if you are here and you're doubting and you don't believe in God, that's not important as much as if you have no connection to God at this point in time, you know, flowers bloom at different times, as did I. And if you are on this metaphysical or spiritual path, you will connect. And, uh, and you will connect because it's almost like serendipitous how you connect, I, as did I. You know, working at CBS, I connected to Sherlyn McLean when she was doing Out on a Limb. Wow. You know, and then it went to Greg Garson, um, um, uh, who was a, you know, obviously an Academy Award-winning you know, actress of the Golden Era. And her connection to this planet was simply this, that we are nothing more than mere tenants on this planet. And it is our job as tenants on this planet to leave Mother Earth better off than when we found mm-hmm. it. So I'm connected to that thought. Um, for me, uh, moving to Palm Springs had more to do with my near-death experience. And I used to work on... Uh, on a television hit series called Sightings, yeah. uh, where my near-death experiences were utilized, where I traveled around the world working on uh, paranormal um, uh, sightings, they called it, um, lost murder cases, homicide cases, forgotten murder cases, um, you know, what we call ghost sightings that actually had a charged energy right. grid that needed someone like my service. I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I just knew when I closed my eyes and I meditated and connected to source, to God, to spirit, that I could help um, these officers um, do their jobs. And back in the 90s when I was doing this, uh-huh. even in the early 2000s, psychics were kind of looked as the witch doctors and the Correct. circus acts. Sure. So it changed my life, and uh, I began to write um, in the late 90s about the extraordinary events that took place in my life um, while I was still working. I got up every morning at 4.30, wrote to 7.30, 8 o'clock, and went to work and traveled all around the, the planet and I secretly lied to the people that I worked with and was going off and shooting paranormal shows. Oh, that's <laughs> <And funny>. <laughs> Yeah, and working on, you know, murder cases and, and uh, haunted cemeteries and castles and golf courses and haunted caves. And, um, and then I became the talk show, you know, <laughs> um, I guess vagabond of, of, of the 90s, and it was the punching bag of near-death experiences. You know, the Jerry Springer shows, the Sally Jesse Raphael, and all those, you know, dramatic uh, uh, talk shows were, you know, get on and get the circus acts on, and that's just crucify them. And so I had to learn to stand in my own truth. Thank you. Let me just interject a second. Thank you for being that kind of person, because nowadays it's just so regular. I mean, I have so many friends that are flipping around to the paranormal shows and all that, but not remembering how it was before and in my mind i'm thinking about ellen degeneres when she came out on national television oh, yeah. that she was gay and how how the, the whole conversation about homosexuality was so different before that and now you know i really do think she had something to do with was well, she planted a being, seed yeah exactly and so with the whole psychic business and paranormal and everything i mean it it takes people to do that and you were right there on the front line and i just really acknowledge you for no matter what was coming at you even if you had to lie and still do it i mean that you did it because you paved the way for now this conversation although it's not you know everybody doesn't bought into the reality of life after death yet but i mean People are really starting to. The conversation is changing. So thank you for all that you've done and you've been driven to do to do that, Peter. 
Oh, you're so welcome. There's this thing called integrity, that every thought and every action that we do on this planet, as I said, has great repercussion. My job daily, daily, I begin my day with the gratitude walk. You know, what am I blessed with and who I had conversation with the day before and what did I learn from that person? You know, how was I able to assist that person? Sometimes just a hello or a smile. You know, people say that, you know, well, that's, you know, that's easy because you're in the television and film industry. No, it's not. (laughs) You're still a human being. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's, you know, I think my job on this planet is to create peace and harmony and laughter. I like that. And and I and if I can if I can go off and and one day and have that conversation with a complete stranger. I had a conversation with two homeless men the other day while we were filming our paranormal show and you know they were kind of you know a little cautious about coming in because obviously the streets haven't been kind to them and I welcomed them with open arms and they became what we call the hidden gem of the show, the source of knowledge. These are the people on the front line who are experiencing these things on the streets that no one knows about. And they led me to Al Capone's secret hideout place that is haunted. One conversation, one choice of asking a question leads to a series of beautiful things to occur. Yeah, and you never know who you're with and where it's going to lead to. There's often times that I personally... Um, you know, I've got a book that's out in the world, of course, and I want it. I want to be big and famous, not ego based, but just. You know, I've been told by many people that they resisted uh, committing suicide because of my words. Well, then I feel like I have this moral responsibility to get it out in the world. So how do I get it out there the fastest? And one thing that it happens to me, and I think I'm human, and this is just what happens, is I think I should be farther along than I am by now. And then, Peter, I will be sitting next to somebody on the airplane. Um, one, I was trying to think, how does one get into Sam's Club and BJ's Club and Costco with their books? And lo and behold, there was a man um, in the same aisle as me, eavesdropping on my conversation with the woman I'm sitting next to, and he happens to be one of those buyers. I mean, I had to be in that seat. He had to be where he was for that all to happen. So for each one of us to realize, like, our life might not look great right now, and it may not look like we're on any path to anything, and there might be a lot of hardships, but I guarantee that everything we're all going through right now is leading to something. It is part of the path. Wouldn't you agree? I believe that every moment is a sacred moment. And if we would stop projecting ahead about the apartment and the relationship and what am I going to find love and what about my job? Yes, and, and what we see, don't have, right? Yeah, those are not genuine thoughts. It's, that comes from a lack of consciousness, meaning I don't have enough, so therefore i ask for this. Therefore, if I get that, then I'll have enough. Then we go back to the spinning wheel of the merry-go-round, and then we're back to square zero again. You learn nothing from that. But if you begin your day with gratitude and thank you, God, for my conversation with with Sandra today and thank you, God, for for she and I connecting, you'll be a part of my gratitude walk tomorrow. And you put that thought energy, what I call an intelligent frequency, out to the planet. And when you acknowledge just some of the simplest things in life, then source God, however you perceive it, will Uh send to you more. And you bless that, and the more and more you bless something, the more and more you realize thoughts become things, whether it's a book. And I also, like you, have a book. It's called Keymaster. And I've learned to understand that my book is like – the Keymaster is like garlic. You either like it or you don't. And those who love garlic will read the book. I love garlic. 
Average. You know what I'm saying? So, I do. And so you, so your audience is those people who love garlic. Yes. And that's who you cater to. So there's no, you know, bestseller attached to it as no. much as thank you God for allowing one person to read my book. And when you get those emails from these people who have read your book all across the planet, and you hear how much your words, your words are so important that your job on this planet is to affect one person throughout your lifetime. And if you connected to that one person somewhere off in the Middle East, you've done your job. So imagine daily that everything that you've written and everything that you've exposed yourself to and opening your heart to humanity changes consciousness with that person, then you've done your job. Thank and the you power of what we do here can change 70,000 people in terms of their collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. So our conversation today will affect one person, will affect 10, will affect 100, will affect 1,000, and so on, until all humanity is changed. So one step is important. Yes, and I'm thinking, too, a couple things. One is you mentioned gratitude. I was driving home, and I always try to listen to something empowering when I drive. Um, mm. But there was a, an interview with Louise Hay, and she was comparing gratitude to giving a kid a gift. And she says, if you get the kid that is grateful and kisses you and hugs you and oh my gosh this is the greatest gift ever you're more inclined to give the kid another gift well you get this the kid that uh it's not good enough it's not the color i wanted well you may not be giving that kid so many gifts and so what she was saying is as human beings the more excited we can be the more grateful we can be about what we get or what we have the universe will give us more. And I just thought that was a very funny picture in it my mind. It is. It's universal truth, and it works. And unfortunately, for thousands and thousands of years, we've had one collective thought, more and more and more. Our rise and fall of every civilization has been based upon greed. And greed also means our greedy thoughts. Right. I want this and I need that and I want more money and I, if I get this job. Again, it goes back to our thoughts create and run inner dialogue. And I've learned to, to really, you know, watch my thoughts, and I've learned to examine the, the truth of my thoughts, because then the thoughts that I begin in, in terms of, of inner peace thoughts will create inner peace or outer peace manifestations. So I'm all about peace, peace, peace. I teach my clients the first thing you do is start your day with peace and end your day with peace. When you get in that peaceful mode, then you go out into your gratitude walk. And then you start your day with gratitude and you end your day with gratitude and watch the changes that take place in your life. You want the book, you want the bestseller, you want the relationship, you want the love, then you must deserve it in terms of your inner thoughts. I think you're talking just to me with all of those because I am single and thinking all those thoughts. So, well, we all think. That. I know we do, but just I'm like he's talking right to me. And it's interesting too because I think we all have this inner skeptic in us that, well, this all sounds so good, but but you know I'm I'm thinking you know I I've heard it from you know the quantum physicists that we are it you know it let me back up it's easy for people to discount some of the things we have to say is it's kind of that woo-woo talk, the spiritual stuff. But if you take us right down to the atoms we're made up of, I mean, it's proven we are all energy. If you put a camera inside one of the atoms that make up our molecules, it won't, can't record anything. It's just empty because all that can be picked up is vibrating energy. So what you're talking about is energy. What you're talking about thoughts being energy our energy, everything we're looking at is energy. 
I think how these gifts come back to us is like a boomerang effect, you know, when we are oh, grateful absolutely. and we put out that positive energy. But it really takes something. And I think, you know, just from my own point of view and probably you too, the more we talk about it, the more we bathe ourselves in this, the more whether it's a radio show you listen to or a book you read or if you're driving and you're listening to something the more of this you can get I think the more we'll remember who we really are and we'll be able to start the day in peace or with gratitude because I know Peter several days of not talking about my book or um, I have a day job doing you know I'm a chef I travel with race car teams but several days of doing that it's like I forget this so I think you're waking up in peace and your gratitude and making actual practices of that will help people keep that alive for themselves. Well, how I look at it this way, and it's kind of very simple. We have church every day. You and I get up and church begins. Huh. That's it. I don't look at Sunday as being the day of going to church and I do all my good stuff for God. My, my church day begins the moment I get up and the moment I go to bed. And so if we understand that every thought has great uh, energy attached to it, whether it's cause and effect uh, mm -hmm. uh, or whether it's just the effect. I try to eliminate the shouldas and the couldas and the wouldas in my life. I should have done this or I could have done that. Maybe if I'd done this differently, that is now a part of my past. And let me tell you why. When I crossed over and so many people's lives uh, you know, play back before them, mine included, and I was um, fast-forwarded to, or I should say, actually reversed back to uh, my uh, year as a sophomore in uh, in high school. And mm -hmm. I'm uh, late to this day, and will be late for the rest of my life. I tried to to be punctual, but it seems like there's always something getting in the way, like a conversation, right? right. Someone I have to say hello to. But I'll fast-forward. So I, um, I'm on my way to my 3 o'clock um, English class, and there was um, a mentally challenged boy by the name of Mikey that everyone picked on and made fun of. And I, as I was reviewing this relationship or lack of relationship of helping this young boy out, I looked down on Mother Earth and looked down into Fort Worth, Texas, and I could see me not taking the time to help Mikey out, and I could hear my thought, well, I don't have time because it's almost 3 o'clock, and Mr. McCoy's going to be mad at me because I'm always late to my English class. And this other thought came in and said, help him out. And I didn't. And he began to cry, and I thought he can just take care of himself, and he shouldn't be here. And I all this, you know, I made an excuses for my what I call my inventory. Right. In my near-death experience, when I was having my conversation with, and I don't want to use the word God because it's beyond God, but it is God. Um, it wasn't there. There wasn't no. Well, there wasn't a judgment of you should have stopped and helped this kid out, and you're a bad person. What came back to me was that everything that we do on this planet is based upon love, and that perhaps next time, since you decided to go back, that would take the time to help that person out. And what happened, I was fast-forwarded into when he went home, and he talked to his parents, and he was crying, and, Mommy, why do all the people pick on me, and they don't like me, and I try to, to be so nice to everyone, and they're always hurting me. And his mother broke down in tears and cried. I'm getting emotional. As did the father. And I witnessed that. And I said, you bring up. When you go back to Mother Earth, you must help everyone out. And if you're late because you're helping a homeless person, or if you're late because you're helping someone who's in an elevator and, and you can see that they're sad, then so be it. I'd rather take the time to help somebody wow. and know that they need me 
at that moment because one person can make a difference and let it begin with me. And so I came back with that. And that's why I say to your listening audience, thoughts are the most important thing of your life. Work on your thoughts, work on your life, and work on your authentic purpose, and you'll find what you're here to do. I am so moved, and my eyes are filled with tears, too, because it's, you know, I just by you telling that story, I'm thinking about people that I've blown off or didn't have the time for, or just the opposite, those that I took the extra time to do it. And no one will ever know, and no, you know, I don't get any brownie points for it, but just but in that you moment, know. I know. And- you know that you. We all know that when we've done something, you yeah. know, people laugh at me because you know when I go to the grocery store, I shop at Walmart, and um, you know it's a crazy little shopping center here. It's always busy, yeah, sure. and I'm the person who goes back. And I'm, when I see the grocery carts in the middle of the parking lot, I'm the person who goes puts them back in the cart bin. And my friends, what are you doing? <laughs> who does that? I have to do it because <laughs> they're all over the place. And if you're thinking of the bigger picture, what happens if one of these cart rolls and hits a car? So, you know, so it's not about, you know, what, you know, I'm doing it, look at me, what a great person I am, but I'm thinking about, you know, it's the right thing to to do because it is the right thing to do. And there is, Peter, something about integrity, not just the fact, like, you know, in your heart to stop and talk to somebody or to pick up the cart. I think the more integrity we have, the more power we have, the more miracles that show up, like we're just in line with what the truth is. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, my near-death experience, what it taught me is I had to die on an operating table, you know, from a from a perforated viscous, bleeding to death internally and externally, to learn how to live again. Yeah. And that's what I've done. I've learned to live again. I've learned to love again. And as I said, every day, every day that I'm alive, I can see now. You know, the doctor said I would never run again. Well, I can't run, but I can walk. Mm-hmm. And I can see again, and I know what it's like to be in a wheelchair. I know what it's like to lose your vision. I know what it's like to be given three months to live and prove the doctor's wrong. Oh, my. So you know what I'm saying? So in my near-death experience, when they said to me, you have three months to live, and I refused all medications. I refused chemotherapy, mm-hmm. and I sought out the, the, the healing services of a shaman Indian in Santa Fe. And what the doctors couldn't do in one year, he did in one week. It all stopped. crazy. And great, and the evidence of what's possible. Right, and once once I made a commitment to understand what my authentic purpose was, then I began to write. I've never written a book before, but I sat down and I said, okay, God, so let's just write this book. And I did, and I wrote from my heart. And then, you know, here it goes. So provide the people, the places, and the situation. So say, okay, I need a good editor. So one of my clients worked at Paramount, so she set me up with someone from People Magazine and the LA Times, and she... Was an, uh, was an agnostic, such as I, right. and her husband was as well. And they read my uh, my first three chapters and decided to not only edit the book, but gave me a major discount. So you see, if you understand that you have purpose, God provide the people, the people show up, provide the places. My job is to show up every day, no matter what that place is, such as Palm Springs, and also the situations. And if we understand that, then the, the path is already miraculously paved. Yeah. Peter, we're getting then, close on time. Oh, I no, don't want to interrupt you. I know. Oh, no. You can sorry, go anywhere sorry. you want. You can give your contact information, tell us what PSP is. Um, but well, my contact information is yeah, yeah, com. I'm working on a paranormal show called PSP, cool. uh, where we're actually going around 
uh, working on haunted cemeteries and uh, Indian burial grounds and uh, businesses and toy stores that are haunted. My job on this show is not to do the witchy-woo-woo and boo when you get scared, <laughs> but provide why it happened, how it's affecting these people, and what can I do to help them and the spirit to cross over. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. I am just so delighted to connect, and I would love to have you back on. I would love it. I, I wanted to keep these interviews short because I know myself, I have a short attention span, and just sure. give everybody a taste of what's possible. So I'm going to thank you again, and it was really, really my pleasure to have you thank both you on so the show and then my new friend. I'll support you in everything you're up to. Just let me know how I can help. And to our listener, I want you to, to remind you to visit WeDon'tDieRadio.com, and you can find out more about Peter Anthony, and we'll have his links there as well. You can also get connected with our past guests and listen to other episodes. Um, you can join our Insiders Club and just enter your name and email address, and I'm doing free prizes every month, really great things, and I'll give you some special gifts as a thank you for listening. So this is Sandra Champlain, and I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. And in the, in the words of Neil Donald Walsh, also a great author, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So I invite each and every one of us, Peter and Sandra included, to take one step out of our comfort zone towards our dreams and really have a life worth living. So Thanks again for being here, and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.